Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, my co-presenter, Brad. Now, if you like what you're listening to, make sure you like and subscribe, whether that is on Apple, Spotify, or Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And make sure you follow us on Twitter, at OffTCPod, for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football. And what an action-packed weekend it has been in the world of sport, and football itself didn't disappoint, did it, did this it weekend? I thought it did. The rest of the games were a little bit boring by Barclays' standards, in my opinion. Well, that standard, yes, but uh, we had entertainment uh, late on in uh, a battle for the top four. And dare we say maybe the title race isn't over yet? Well, we'll get to that towards the end because uh, it's up for debate, really, isn't it? How some of the results went this weekend. Mm. Yeah, I mean. We'll start off with the weekend's big game between Chelsea and Tottenham from uh, the bridge. And it wasn't a happy return to the bridge for Antonio Conte's side, was it, this weekend? Losing 2-0. Uh, I mean, Hakim Ziyech's goal. Yeah, that wow. was just beautiful. It was like the kind of goal you could score on FIFA. At the moment, apparently finished shots are very OP. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me with FIFA at all. But yeah, absolutely... Uh, fantastic finish from Ziyech. I feel like that may be his first goal at Stamford Bridge because I'm sure I saw somewhere recently when he last scored that all of his goals for Chelsea in the Premier League have been away from home. I'd be surprised if that stat was true. I don't think it is, considering he's on a bit of a good run of four. We scored or three in his last seven, I think. Something like that. Yeah, but I don't know, like, what... It, there may be, like, all competitions, but I don't know what he's like in the league. For There's Chelsea. only one thing I was thinking of, and it's the... How was he not called up to AFCON by Morocco? I mean... I think it's mainly down to the fact that he wasn't playing. So they do work in the way that we ask Gareth Southgate to work. Yeah, which is only, only they, something crazy. Only they shouldn't be say. doing that, because Hakim Ziyech is probably their best qualified player. Oh yeah, by a hundred percent, he's their yeah, best player. Different points. So, like, Tottenham were pretty outclassed for the majority of it. Would you say? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like, it just looked like men against schoolboys at times because the way that Chelsea just dominated that whole ninety minutes. I was thinking, this looks like Spurs under Nuno Espirito Santo again. Like they were just getting absolutely bullied and. I was thinking this isn't the <clears throat> excuse me uh, the Spurs that we've come accustomed to over the last few months under Antonio Conte. No, it was you called it men against boys. I've called it a team of quality against a team that doesn't have it in abundance. Really, when you think about it, mm. Spurs are missing that extra bit. Thought like having Harry Kane, but they were missing Son. Yeah, like if you don't have them to in the lineup the you look at the rest of that Spurs squad and you're like where does that quality come from yes obviously Bergwijn did it last midweek against Leicester in the league but that was just bad from Leicester's point of view but the rest of that squad it, it is just average isn't it it's not really a team that you can look and go oh these could potentially be proper title challenges in it's the average future average when it comes up against a team of quality like a Chelsea or a Man City or a Liverpool but elsewhere it does the job enough mm. we've seen them have a good run of form before this game yeah well, I think that was Conte's first defeat in the league since being appointed 
I don't think they'd lost before. I'm not then. too sure. It, it feels like it, but it feels as well that it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, either way, Chelsea just like dominated throughout that whole game. And um, I think another thing is as well, when Kane's not firing as he has been this season, you've got to really look elsewhere for the goals. And it, at times, it does make you question where the goal is going to come from because like if we have a look at the table this season they've scored 26 goals and I'm not even too sure who their top scorer is this season I want to say it's Son yeah it, it, Hyung Min Son's got 8 goals but it, we're talking about Harry Kane goals because he did have the ball in the net in this game and that's where we come to well, yeah. the three letters for the first time in this podcast uh, goal or no goal Um. I mean, you saw the push, obviously. I mean, was it enough to go down and enough to call a foul? Personally, I don't think so. I think that should have stood. Yeah, I, that was so weak. Thiago Silva, you're telling me Thiago Silva is going down from that realistically? Well, I mean, no. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, prime Thiago Silva, yes, he may be in the late 30s now, but a prime Thiago Silva would be bullying Harry Kane off the ball rather than the other way around like imagine going down like that where you've been pushed on the street you get laughed at don't you oh, yeah. <laughs> it's quite weird that that's how we're not judging this but then you flip it in reverse and if Thiago Silva's the one that pushes Harry Kane does a penalty get given in that situation but, well probably not now mm. so it's like can we have some sort of like consistency in that? Why are we giving it a a foul or not? Because well, we know there's most people. We know saying, there's no consistency in the words VAR. We'll have more with that in another game because well, yeah, like Tottenham deserved the goal at that point. They were getting mm. into it. It was just a yeah, but yeah. Um, Killer blow for them to end up losing 2-0 in the end and with other results this weekend it sees them drop down from 5th down to 7th. Obviously they've got games in hands over everyone above them but it's one of them seasons where you can't be affording to drop in many points can you? Not with the race for the European places being as it is. Mm, Like literally from... Fourth to eighth, there's four points separating them. Yeah, it's close. Which is obviously including both teams there. Yeah, it's allowing for a bit of a battle there because my God, do we need something? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get towards the relegation battle uh, a little in a little bit, but that's heating up. It is heating up, but I, I still want to add because you said it's the tartar ice back on. That question has been raised because Man City would have dropped points this weekend. I know. I mean, I, um, I was out uh, just before this game was uh, kicking off. Obviously, not like minutes before, but like a few hours before. And I came across a bet that said um, if Southampton were to win, you'd get 150 quid back, and Man City to win, you'd get 26. And like both teams to score. And I was like, Jesus Christ, the bookies know how to take money off you. Um, but then you see what Kai Walker-Peters does for that first goal and you're thinking oh Crystal pa- uh, Southampton might actually win this yeah what a goal it was as well it was a good bit of work was it, it for him, a fullback yeah, as well him and 
it wasn't Liver Manso, was it? No, was it not Oreo Romeo that played the ball? I can't remember, it might have been Romeo actually, yeah. Uh, no, it's got Redmond as the assist. Still pretty decent, either way. Uh, yeah, but outside of the boot for a fullback to do that, the audacity is, oh. Yeah, Pep probably got a bit beautiful. confused when he saw that Kyle Walker had scored. It was just a bit... Yes. No, I don't know, that was a terrible joke. Uh, the other game as well, Liverpool <laughs> beat Crystal Palace. Yeah, Um I would say it's a what is needed, like to see them score three goals with still without Salah and Mane for another week or two, is good because obviously everyone knows Salah and Mane are uh, Liverpool's main goal threats. But their last two games, they've managed to score six goals without them. It shows that that it's not necessarily needed uh, for them needing them to play. Obviously, it's always good when you've got them, but. Uh, you don't have to rely on them ever so heavily. Um, Robertson turning into the assist king in that game, getting the assist for the first two goals for Virgil van Dijk and the Ox. Well, Liverpool fans will tell you that he's always been a bit of an underrated assist king on that left side. Trent gets all the fame, but Robertson does his bit as well. But there were questions that second goal, though. Mm. But it's, the ca- it's the case of whether you believe... Even though Roberto Firmino hasn't touched the ball, does he affect the play when he has missed it? Um, it's one again. It's it's such a conscientious decision. It's like oh, I could see and understand why that would be ruled out, and at the same time, you can say and understand why it was given as well. So it's just like. It's one of them where I think it matters on who the referee on the day is and uh, VAR as to what decision is given, which is always the way uh, with these type of stuff. Like It all depends on who is happening on that day with the VAR. Uh, but I think it was just enough to say that it was the right decision to keep it on uh, side and give the goal. Yeah, because someone like Kevin Friend has always been a master referee with the use of VAR. I've always said it. And uh, it's not like he was going to make an even bigger mistake in this game, is he? Well, do we, let, let's get on to that penalty situation because that was not a penalty. Jesus, God, this Any is, day of the week. This is the worst one I've seen. It, it, well, probably since yeah. the FA Cup game against United Old Trafford. <laughs> so, yeah, not that long then. Mm. Uh, this was, yeah, I can't <laughs> see how. They've looked at this and gone, yeah, Jota's going to get that ball where Jota himself has knocked the ball away and has ran towards yeah. the goalkeeper. Like, yeah, there's no, like nothing in that instance that has made me think Vincente Guaita's done anything wrong and that Liverpool should be awarded a penalty at all. Vincent Guaita has made the mistake in actually trying to come out of his goal. He's made the mistake yeah. of trying to be a goalkeeper. That's, That's what he's doing. Hmm. And they've decided to award a penalty. Like, I thought, oh, are they going to award like um, a free kick to Guaita and for like a possible foul by Jota? But no, they like deemed it as a penalty because you know what the protection on goalkeepers is like in the Premier League and football nowadays. That's why I was thinking, oh, is that the possibility of happening? But the fact that you see Liverpool end up with a penalty, it just baffles me. I think that might be one of the worst penalty decisions we've seen. It was so bad, and it even. 
It made it even worse when... So we're giving penalties now for players initiating contact with the goalkeeper when completely off the ball. Why wasn't that one given mm. months ago when it happened to a Newcastle player? Well, yeah. It's the same incident. It's just... Yeah, it's the exact same thing, but it's just the consistency of being inconsistent that is uh, ruining it and it makes people question what on earth are the English referees and VAR doing. But if you've seen that, the meme is now that it's now the VAR graphic and it just says checks club badge underneath it. <laughs> so yeah. that's... <laughs> it's completely coincidental that it does seem to go in favour of the big clubs and not those who were down the bottom. Mm. But yeah, for me, never a penalty and Patrick Vieira has every right to be aggrieved with that situation. No, and it's not like Manchester United had anything going their way this weekend either. <laughs> That was onside. I'm not even going to talk about that situation. That was onside. Yeah, we'll move, uh, to the relegation battle then, because it was wins for Norwich and Newcastle this weekend. Good work for them. Burnley managed to draw with Arsenal, and Everton are really, really starting to look over their shoulder now because they are well and truly in the battle. Yeah, I mean, four points between themselves and Newcastle. Yes, the Toffees have played a game less than uh, Newcastle, but like you said, they are looking more and more over their shoulder as the weeks go by rather than looking ahead and trying to get as far up that table as possible. Big Dunk obviously couldn't have uh, the effect that he wanted on them this weekend, losing to your Aston Villa side. And like you said, with the results elsewhere, it is going to be very, very uh, damaged time for the Toffees when they're next back in league action. Yeah, I have to say as well, they look better. Thought they were a lot more physical. They oh, made yeah. the game pretty scrappy for us. That's not our style. We're not a very physical team. But it was nice to see us yeah. come through it. It went. I didn't think we actually played that great in the second half, and we probably were lucky to come away with a win. Yeah, it it wasn't probably your best performance under Gerard. I've said this stuff. The fact that we, you managed to get the results. We get wins when we look bad, and we lose when we look good. Yeah. I mean, that is seems to be the Aston Villa effect. But you wasn't the charity that you was expecting when we was talking about it on the preview show uh, last week that you'd give the three points to Big Dunk on his debut. It looked like it was coming there for that second half. Calvert-Lewin yeah. had one they probably would have buried if Consa wasn't there. Richarlison missed the header as well. Debbie mm. Martinez is class. Definitely. Even though Tyro Mings tried his best at times to give them the chances, he did pretty well at times as well. Mm. Um, speaking on the Everton managerial situation for a second, um, yes, there was reports l- last night coming out uh, that they are interviewing uh, Vitor Pereira, um, who has most recently managed over in China and has managed a few clubs in Portugal. He's set to have a meeting. Uh, with the board I think today or tomorrow uh, to discuss obviously potentially becoming their manager which is an interesting situation to see if that does happen uh, him becoming their manager Is this man even in like the top head of names that come to mind when you go I want him as my manager 
No. Like this, a point. If no. this happens, I worry for Everton. Because mm. like he always bounces. You know the best bounces around clubs. You know like the best analogy is for this. What? This, if they go with Vitor Pereira, this screams their Remy guard. Yeah, I know. You I mean obviously for those uh, non-Premier League watchers, uh, Remy God was the Villa manager what decade or so ago? Twenty decades, twenty sixteen. Was it? Jesus Christ! It feels like a long time ago. Yeah, like we had we had Tim Sherwood as manager in the relegation season. He got sacked, and then we hear Remy God's going to be the manager like twenty four hours later. He's like, mm, and then Ooh. it's just <laughs> yeah, no one knew who he was, and it was an absolutely shocking appointment, and no wonder he didn't last long at the club. Yeah, um, he was a guy yeah, who completely he... destroyed like the dressing room culture. It was completely split in half, and just contributed to us being relegated which I worry if this was to happen would happen with Everton mm. I mean he was last at uh, Fenerbahce uh, he was only there for 25 games do you know who he is, is that, uh, which is a very... you'll know who have you seen the feed of the guy shouting from the crowd at a manager yeah that was the manager oh my god. for everyone was that so manager was that... how is he going to deal with a load of scarcers I mean, he wouldn't be able to understand them, so that's fine. But we know how they'll get his attention. Just throw a bottle at him. <laughs> Don't yes, throw I bottles mean, at players, please. It's not necessary. It's just stupid. right? Especially with the security now at football games, you're always going to get arrested. And uh, fortunately enough, uh, Merseyside Police and Everton were able to act swiftly and arrest the stupid culprit that did that. But it was a couple of them, but... I couldn't have been more wrong about how they were going to receive Luca Dean. He got booed out of the building. Yeah, which I don't understand why. No, that's all we've misread the situation, but he got out of there when hmm. he clearly wasn't wanted, so I'd back him. Mm. Like, it's absolutely uh, strange to have seen. Obviously, we don't see the ins and outs of it uh, on a week basis, but... Yeah, it seemed like there was more of a calm situation than obviously turned out to be. Um, a few of the names that were being linked with Everton, uh, Roberto Martinez was being strongly linked, but apparently he's staying at Belgium, which is no surprise as they're heading into the World Cup year. And then a weird one that came up, obviously, uh, there's no chance of it happening, was Fabio Cannavaro. Yeah, that would have been even worse. What has Fabio Cannavaro yeah. done to even get an interview? With a Premier League club, let alone be offered it. I have no idea whatsoever. I mean, there's something really off with some of the names that are being mentioned. Yeah, it's not like they're looking for a good manager. They they just seem to be trying to get like someone unknown, which is not what you need to be doing. Yeah, I don't know if you said Twitter this morning. There's a lot going around about Vitor Pereira's. I think it's his agent. No, I haven't seen it, but, any of it, so please enlighten me. But it's stuff about, it makes it a bit suspect, but it's someone like, I don't know how you say his name, Keir Jorbichan? I can't say the guy's name. Oh, Keir Jorbichan. That's it. Um, <laughs> God, I got you. <laughs> famously, uh, Carlos Tevez' agent is uh, who many may know. But this is why it's sus because he was at the Everton game at the weekend, mm. and 
he's not. It's, it's just so she don't want an agent forcing a manager on your club. It never ends well. No. Like, I, ju- I genuinely just... I actually do fear for Everton. And like we said, um, looking at the results elsewhere this weekend, I genuinely do think if Pereira gets hired, we will be seeing Everton really in this relegation battle. Yeah, we were sitting there. They played worse than most of the teams in it. Like Look, before yeah, Saturday, they ooh. were. But they, they look good now. It's whether they could get the results against those below them. Like Norwich got a win against Watford and have look, looked at. Actually, if you look at Norwich's results against those around them, they've picked up points. Yeah. Like the only team uh, below them that didn't pick up a point this weekend was Watford. Right, everyone else picked up points on them. So it's uh, worrying times there for uh, Everton. Yeah, and it's a weird one in that situation because. I don't really know if any of them can say like they're goners. Mm. Like I don't I know we was joking about it like two, three months ago where we said like the bottom three of Newcastle, Norwich and Burnley looked set on relegation but we jo- you say we joked about now, it, but it looked clear. Yeah. I think everyone at uh, that point, what late November, early December would have said them three were guaranteed to be relegated now you look at it and I can't pick who's going to go down out of the five teams no I wouldn't even want to predict it at this point no but it uh, gives us some back. Move. yes um, Nor- uh, Watford in this sense obviously losing to Norwich this Friday evening just gone there was question marks um, come early Saturday and there hasn't been anything since over the future of Claudio Ranieri I said it on our preview show. I'd be surprised if he lasted the weekend. Uh, he has done so far as a time of recording. Obviously, we'll let you know if anything does change. But the fact that he's now nearly lost as many games as Cisco Munoz did in his year in charge of Watford shows that I do think time is running out for Ranieri. Yeah, I am amazed as well because considering we're on a two-week break now, you'd think. Mm. If you're going to get rid, at least give yourself time to a point. So, but that's not Watford style. They'll usually have someone ready. Yeah, so I think what's going on is they're sorting out like the compensation for him and his backroom staff whilst trying to uh, look for a replacement at the same time. So that's why we haven't had anything yet. We may have something uh, later on this week. That's probably. what it is. I've just Vito Pereira sounds like someone who Watford would hire. Yeah. That's why I look down on him from an Everton standpoint. Yeah. Um, But it is... I mean, we said when he got appointed, he had such a hard run of games. Like, he got appointed the 4th of October. They've played Liverpool, Everton, Southampton, Arsenal, Man United. Obviously, they got the win there. And the game against Everton as well. Uh, Then they Leicester, Chelsea, Manchester City, Brentford... Uh, West Ham United, Spurs, and then more recently Newcastle and Norwich. I, I said at the time, it's a very very hard, taskful Ranieri to come into, and I said I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone Christmas, New Year time, and obviously it's later on in the New Year, but we haven't been proven wrong so far. No, we haven't. Apart from the fact that he hasn't gone, pretty much. 
I don't, I don't even know who they would get in afterwards. I mean, let's be honest. What trying to predict Watford's manager is like trying to predict who's going to. Uh, well, yeah, it really is as wild as that. It's so hard to do. Yeah, uh, should we move on? Let's go through all other results. Did you? How did you watch Brentford Wolves this weekend? Uh, definitely wasn't by the drain. Was it now? Because I, I found this stream. It was probably the best quality I've ever got. It was right over the pitch. I couldn't believe it. I was like, how lucky I mean, am I? <laughs> Talk about absolute craziness. I mean, it went down after a little while, but it... Mm. Like, this whole game just mental. In well, terms of, like, that and then... It was actually just for that, to be honest. The game wasn't the most entertaining. Even if it yeah, did, and then, did 2-1. And then Thomas Frank getting sent off after the final whistle. Yeah. Here's a so red card and a new contract for you. Yeah, yes. So, with the bad always comes the good. Or with the good always comes the bad, whatever the saying is. I'm not too sure we, Well, that. we've established at this point you said the opposite of what the sayings are, so... <laughs> well, yeah, that's not that's true. But, uh, yeah, good win for Wolves. Um, the result sees them, like I said, get right into that top four race now uh, on 34 points. Uh, Brentford... Like you said, Thomas Frank and his assistant were rewarded with a new contract to the club announced on Monday morning. Um, That's what you get for four losses in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, we know what... Uh, I, I don't want to alarm Brentford like fans, but they've got to pick up a win at some point because if the rest of them down below are picking up points... Mm. It is going to be very tr- uh, troubling times for all the bees. Like, but they're not down there yet, but... It, it, you know, a few more losses and others picking up the points, as we said, it will look precarious. I mean, if we look at their next three games, it is worrying times. Travel to Manchester City, host Crystal Palace, travel to Arsenal. For me, two of those three aren't too bad. I mean, Palace, you never know what could happen in that game. I think it's going to be a proper dogfight right until the end. And Arsenal, I mean... I don't know what Arsenal are going to turn up. I think it's a great time to be playing Arsenal right now. Mm. Admittedly, that isn't until the 19th of February, but still, you never know what could happen in that sense in the Premier League. No football for two weeks, what are we going to do? Well, there's women's football on, so I'm happy in that sense, because I yeah, would be that. bored shitless. Yeah, uh, go for the other two games that we missed now. Manchester uh, United robbed West Ham. They win a one nil win. Uh Leicester won all with Bright. <laughs> uh, uh yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one because it's the angles, ain't it? Yeah, I mean to me that was definitely onside. I mean, I could understand if it was given offside at the same time as well, but from I thought they judged knees. That's what got me. I think it used to be last season, but I don't. I think they changed it over the off season to it now not being your knees and your toes, or like it's really strange what is even determined like, to be offside. They would determine the line for his shoulder, but because it, it's at an angle, it's like well, how can you determine the angle? It's impossible. Mm, that's why I said we need to have like a definitive like pitch side camera from uh, this type of angle to be able to determine 
uh, and get a clear review of it being you know outside or not. Is, you know what athletics say of that one that tracks the runners when they're racing? Yeah, yeah. One of them. Yeah. Or even, I know it'd be impossible to do, but say for like the penalty, from the edge of the penalty box onwards, you have like them pylon cans like they have in American football where you'd be able to see something clear. Obviously not on the pitch, but on the side of the pitch where you'd be able to get like a definitive view. I think pitch side camera sounds better. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I Leicester. Know, I feel like, yeah, I don't know if people heard it was Leicester 1, Brighton 1, and Leicester are a mid-table team now. Yeah, it really is starting to show that Brendan Rodgers' time, I wouldn't say he's up, but is what more can he do with this Leicester team? It seems like they've run their courses. Yeah, it's the, is it the case of where the goals could be from? Because I feel like Dakar um, does it, but they don't do it enough. It's Defensively, they're a bit of a shambles. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've scored 34 goals this season, but they've conceded 37. And only teams that have conceded more than them are Leeds, Brentford and Newcastle and Watford. And Wait, did I say Norwich? Um, I don't know. But, um, so, my, my world either way, for a second. Then. Um, yeah, it's a bit worrying for Leicester. Like you see them score, but you, there's no scorer there that's making me think, oh, he's going to help them, like turn in their uh, bad fortunes good anytime soon. So yeah, it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> I'm not too sure what happens with Leicester now um, the rest of this season going forward. But yeah, the um, season pays out. That's what happens. Yeah, you just an average so, season. Like you, mm, like you said, we now he- head into this weird international break um, where, like everywhere else, by the European leagues are playing international football. Um, so we're not back in action until the eighth of February, I think it is, uh, for league action and the weekend of the 4th of February for the next round of the FA Cup yeah it's a weird one because if I look at it now it's like two Saturdays about football no it's not it's a Saturday yeah it is it's two Saturdays it's it's not it's just this one but there's no games though on the early oh yeah where's the FA Cup again the 4th 5th so the 5th the Saturday so it's just one week no it's just one week without football so you want scheduling advice, never come to me. Yes, so it's two weeks without Premier League football, but one week without football, football, Premier League football. In yeah. a sense, I like anything interesting. Um, so yeah, that is uh, all the Premier League talk. We'll head over to uh, Europe now and have a look at what's happening there. And we'll start over in uh, the Bundesliga this week. And Borussia Dortmund beat Hoffenheim 3-2 in uh, that game for Battle of Top 4 I mean it wasn't the easiest of going for Dortmund they were leading 3-1 at one point but then uh, Jorginho Rutter uh, pulls one back for uh, Hoffenheim and it wasn't an easy last 10-15 minutes for Marco Rose decided you didn't know whether uh, Hoffenheim would be able to bring in a, a draw but the result does see Hoffenheim slip right down to the table now to 7th place so uh, it's getting interesting with these last couple of places in the Bundesliga Bayern Munich 
uh, beat Hertha Berlin 4-1, although it could have been more because Leroy Sane had uh, a goal disallowed and so did Quarantine Taliso as well. So uh, it could have been 6-1 for Bayern Munich, which if that had happened, I mean, we already said it, but just crown them league champions. Elsewhere, uh, Leipzig beat Wolfsburg 2-0 and the Bayer Leverkusen, they beat Augsburg 5-1, so it was a comfortable weekend for them. Heading over to France now, and Sergio Ramos has finally scored a goal for PSG, which still sounds weird to say. Was it from the penalty spot? No. Well, that surprises me. Mm. Uh, I think it was from a set piece, a corner, whipped in, and he got his head onto it. Yeah, it was always going to be that, wasn't it? Yeah. If it's not a penalty, it's a header. (laughs) The Sergio Ramos uh, play. Comfortable 4-0 win for them over Rem. Elsewhere, Montpellier beat AS Monaco 3-2. Bordeaux beat Strasbourg 4-3. And uh, Marseille beat Lens 2-0. And Lyon managed to win on Friday night against Saint-Étienne. Over in Italy, uh, we had hyped up the big game between AC Milan and Juventus. And we really need to stop doing that because it was 0-0. Just daddy would talk about Serie A anymore because we ruin it yeah we really do um elsewhere napoli have moved up to second with a 4-1 win over salinatana uh roma also won this weekend beating empoli 4-2 and lazio versus atalanta finished 0-0 whilst inter milan beat venezia uh 2-1 to remain atop of the table by four points uh, and finally, over in Spain this past weekend, Barcelona left it really late to find a winner against Alaves. Uh, Frankie de Jong scoring in the 87th minute with Ferran Torres uh, providing the assist. So, a slight bit of positive news for Xavi's side this week. Yeah, I guess they need it. They'll take anything at this point. Mm. I mean, their top four fight isn't completely over either because they're only a point behind Atletico Madrid, who, now that is a crazy ending to their game. They were 2-1 down for the majority of the second half and then two goals, one in the 90th minute, one in the 93rd minute, provided a great comeback for Diego Simeone's side to beat Valencia 3-2, which was absolutely crazy to see. Saved our asses. Yes. Uh, however, Real Madrid held to a 2-2 draw. I mean, they were 2-0 down at one point to Elche, which is just baffling to see. Yeah, bless them. They've gone through the Man City approach and tried to make it interesting. Yeah. We're like, lads, come on. We all know you, you, you're champions here. Stop messing about with us. Um, and elsewhere, Celta Vigo uh, drew 2-2 with uh, Sevilla. So that's all the action and talking points this weekend in the European leagues. Uh, where do we want to go next? African Cup of Nations or Predictions League? Uh, I'd like to talk about AFCON, actually, for a change, because it really went ahead last night. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a crazy uh, tournament it's been over the last few days. I mean, yeah. for those that don't know, the 16. last 16 has now begun, and we saw the first two games. Burkina Faso and Gabon went into a 1 1 draw. With it going to a penalty shootout that was quite arguably one of the most entertaining penalty shootouts I've watched in a long time. Definitely was a good penalty shootout. Both teams obviously scoring their first three penalties, then both missing their fourth, and then it looked like 
it would just carry on forever more with uh, them again next scoring the next three, but then they missed their seventh penalties each, and unfortunately for Gabon, they missed their seventh. And Ishmaela Odegrago scored the winner for Burkina Faso to see them progress to the quarterfinals, seven six on penalties. Yeah, but well done to Burkina Faso. It's just nice to see Bertha Traore still in the competition. Yes. Uh, one team. I'm glad he uh, didn't take a penalty. Yeah. One team that won't be uh, in the quarterfinals is Nigeria. They lost one 0 to Tunisia. Uh, however, the main talking point in this game was Alex Obobi sending off after like five minutes of coming on, which is just, just prime African Cup of Nations stuff. Yeah, the heat map image. It's just a line <laughs> going to the halfway <laughs> line. <laughs> That's how you sum yeah. up. Um, Poor Everton fans then, now. They think they've had it bad and now he's coming back. <laughs> well, if he does what Thomas Party does last week, then they'll be fine because he'll get sent off again. Mm. Um, today's action, though. Cameroon versus Comoros. Um, obviously not re- one usually that would get talking about, but Comoros are going to be having to play with a outfielder in goal as all three of their goalkeepers are unavailable. They're playing a part-time banker in goal. This is the way it's come to. <laughs> I mean, it's just absolutely mental. Like, yeah, it's not even I the fact that it's already a David versus Goliath battle. You've now got to make it even tougher for them. Mm, right. If Kamaros somehow beat Cameroon in this game, just end everything. There might be incidents in Cameroon if this happens. Oh, yeah. Um... Elsewhere today, Guinea play Gambia. Um, and that'd be Cater side. We'll be looking to progress to the quarterfinals there. And then, um, big game on Wednesday, though. Ivory Coast versus Egypt. Like, that was <sighs> the dream you... final years ago. We grew, yeah. we grew up watching Africa Cup of Nations. That was the final. Yeah, you always wanted to see them two facing on uh, in the final against each other. But the fact that we have to wait f- uh, for the round of 16 and one of them will be going home soon that <sighs> uh, is definitely one to keep an eye out on uh, for definitely some interesting ties and stuff to keep an eye out over the next uh, week f- during the African Cup of Nations right let's head over to the predictions league now and have a look at how we've done this past weekend so um, Watford Norwich on Friday I get one point for predicting that Norwich would win you get nothing for predicting a draw. I also get a point for predicting that Wolves would beat Brentford. You get nothing for predicting, again, a draw. Uh, Chelsea Tottenham, we were both wrong for thinking Tottenham would win this game. I mean, how silly do we look now? Well, look, if you look to the form book. Well, yeah. I mean. But then we probably should have remembered take... the Carabao Cup games. Well, yeah. Um. AC Milan Juventus I get one point for predicting that it would be a draw obviously it wasn't uh, a score draw but I'll still take anything uh, Brad gets one point for predicting that Atletico Madrid would be Valencia and he also oh, got God. three points <laughs> he also got three points for predicting the right result in the big game over in the area to say between PSV and Ajax although that game itself had a lot of stoppages I think it went to 10 or 11 minutes stoppage time at the end I haven't seen, so I can't really comment. So, uh, yeah, it was 
right up until the end where I think anything could have happened. So uh, you're now on 74 points and I am on 69, well, 69 plus the one extra in fantasy. So it's a four point gap now between us. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about fantasy football. <laughs> the hunt is well and truly on by fantasy football and predictions league. The king is coming for his throne. I'm doing a Man City. I'm hoping you know. I'm hoping you do a Spurs and just bottle it. Uh. Alright, I need to raise the spirits now because it's time for. My word! That is quite something. I don't know, Jeff. Has it? I do not believe what I've just seen. Ray Hudson. Right. <laughs> I miss that guy. Why do we not hear more from him? I mean, I follow him on Twitter, so it's always good enough for me. God's sake. Uh, and, right, so, yeah, this. Well, I don't really have many nominations this week for the That Is Quite Something award. I have just the one, which is the winner by default. Unless you've got something for me, but you've not said. Uh not for like an award worthy but I do have another story to talk about it's not worthy enough for this is it it's not like something funny or out of the ordinary to win the award but it gets its own special award we'll get onto that in a bit right (laughs) maybe Uh, so have you ever heard of snakes on a plane yes Oh, we've all heard of snakes on a plane. Have you ever heard of snakes on a training pitch? Uh, maybe in Australia? But uh, this Possible. wasn't in Australia. This was actually in Miami. Because the Inter-Miami training pitch had a snake sliver onto it recently. That's a bit, ha- that's a bit harsh on Phil Neville, calling him a snake. <laughs> God, I knew you were going to say... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, predictable from me, <laughs> Let's be honest, no one likes him. Even though it was his birthday the other day, but still, no one likes him. Happy birthday, Phil. <laughs> yeah, so a snake disrupted the club's trading session, and you would gather, well, how are they going to deal with this? So, club defender Breck Shea decided to deal with it himself. I'm sorry, but how the fuck did you just pronounce Breck Shea? Breck Shea, that's how it is in the tweet that I've got. It's pronounced Breck Shea. Breck Shea? What? Yeah, it's it's written the same as John O'Shea, but without the O and the apostrophe. Le- look, look, piss off, leave me alone. <laughs> but how big was the snake? Was it, like, massive or was it just like a... No, it's quite a big... I don't know the types of snakes. Do I look like Steve Irwin? I didn't ask you what type of snake it was. I was just asking how big was it. I don't, I don't know. It was like medium. <laughs> but I'm talking python, like long size. Not experts. I don't know the required lengths. But no, Brexhead just safely removed the serpents, and yeah. To be fair, Brexhead looks like Steve Irwin. Actually, if you look, <laughs> if you see a pic of him. Yeah, I do know what Breck Shea looked like. He still scored one of my favourite MLS goals ever. Yeah, whatever. You really put me down. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, Brett uh, Shea wins this week's That Is Quite Something Award. Yes. Um, right, we have two other things to talk about. Um, so, Irish football team Bohemian FC, they have teamed up with Bob Marley's family for their 2022 away shirt. The kit honours his last outdoor concert which took place at the club stadium and profits will be used to buy musical instruments and football equipment for asylum centres in Ireland. Um, I obviously sent you the kit just before we started. What are your thoughts on it? It's very nice. I mean, it's nice, but it's not as nice as the IX Bob Marley inspired one that they oh, no. have done. The IX one is the IX one is clear. Also, why is it sponsored by the BT commentator Des Kelly for? Reasons I don't, I don't really know. Is there a joke in there or? Well, yes, because it's the sponsor's Des Kelly Interiors, not actually Des Kelly the BT commentator. Well, he's got to do something on the side. Yeah. Oh, true. I mean. You can't yeah, he works weekends. <laughs> I mean, his commentary is bad enough, so he needs a second job, especially with the reported deal that no, they're no, We didn't leaving. need to go to personal insults with that, did we? <laughs> <laughs> also, the fact that BT could be losing uh, the rights to the Champions League, so hopefully we don't have to listen to him any f- more. Technically, they're, they're gaining them because they're getting bought out, so... Well, true, but you never know whether he's going to be a part of them. Uh, and the final thing... I want to talk about uh, happened in a Spanish cup game between Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. I was uh, hoping you did bring this up. Yeah, uh, yesterday. So obviously Barcelona won the game 7-0. We expect that. Uh, but uh, the best thing in that game was that uh, Atletico Madrid were able to welcome back uh, Virginia Torcia, who had uh, missed the last 18 months um due to the fact that uh, it was revealed that she had a brain surgery and then went through radio and chemotherapy and then surgery to remove the brain tumour and uh, doctors said that she would never be able to play the game again but uh, just 18 months later she managed to return to the field of play and it was uh, amazing to see and even uh, before Barcelona got too embroiled in their post-match celebrations they went over, hugged her and then did the lifting of her in the air which was just absolutely brilliant to see yeah, it's nice. Just nice to mm. see. Yeah. Uh, right. Just said this podcast on a nice story. Yes. And that is your lot for this week. We will be back later on this week to talk about other stuff in the world of football that we are going on. We will be doing our. Well, do, do we even know that? Maybe, maybe we'll just talk Afcon. Yes, and. Uh, if there's any big talking points, maybe Watford, Sacramento, Everton, higher manager, you'll be able to hear that on our other show, Going to Extra Time. So make sure you are subscribed to both our YouTube channel and wherever you get our podcast from, and following us on Twitter, like I said at the start, for all information regarding the world of football. And until then, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.